Good morning. You listen close and I'll I'll go fast, all right? You listen uh, off and I'll go slow. So it just depends on how fast you want to get out to eat dinner after a while. Um, I am glad to be back this morning. I'm glad for your prayers. I still let Zach do the song service. We'll bring the message here just shortly, but stand with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Gary, will you open us today? Birthdays, anniversaries. All right. Page one forty-eight in your blue book this morning. Go and uh, turn over to page 140. 140.
let's go ahead and turn over to page 94. 94. Ooh, one of and turn to page 52, 52.
rushers this morning. Uh, Brother Gary, will you uh, bless the offering this morning?
anyone else?
Anyone else have a special this morning? learned this uh, caller has three modes this is this is eat eat and talk mode you click it up one full notch that's highway mode you click it up another notch that's in town mode and uh, depending on how bouncy your head's getting depends on what mode you're in and I'm glad to be back this morning and I hope and pray that you're glad to be here I won't spend a long time. I did ask the uh, doctor before we left the hospital <clears throat> because I didn't have a voice about being able to preach. And they said, you know, make sure we give it a week and then after that, make sure we take it easy. Uh, keep our sermon short. Now, for those of you who like a short sermon, this would be good. For those of you who wanted more meat, well, I just have to say, repeat the cycle, okay? Uh, John 3.16, if you would stand this morning. I'm going to spend just a couple minutes talking about God's love toward us in hopes that we will understand how that we should turn our love towards God. So you can read it with me or quote it with me if you want to this morning, but we're just going to do verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Father, this morning we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you, dear God, for allowing us to be in your house. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would help us to do thy will, to praise, worship, and honor thy name. Lead us, Lord, ever closer to you. And we'll give you glory, Father, in Jesus' precious name, and amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I would this morning that we could understand this verse and the mighty magnificence of it. I think, and I say this a lot, but I think we take the scripture for granted too many times. And we, we also take for granted the words that are spoken in the scripture and what they actually mean. And, you know, I have to say this. I was gone, and I'm here, and I don't have the voice that I did have. But I was scared to death that I wouldn't have a voice at all. When I read the papers, it said that it could take weeks to months for your voice to come back. It's because of the way they have to stretch things. I couldn't imagine going months without standing up here to tell you that God loves you, and so do I. It would be hard for me this morning to express to you really the, the fear of not being able to relate in a voice to those that you love. And I know this morning we've gathered together in... Uh, We'd put off already pastor appreciation, and then today you're going to have a luncheon for us, and I'm humbled by that. My shirt this morning, if you can't read it, you read it later on, says, this pastor has an awesome church. I believe that with all my heart. I've been blessed for 15 years to be the pastor of this church. And I've not always been the best pastor. But you've stuck with me. And there's been times when I thought you weren't in the best congregation. And I stuck with you. You say, why would you say that, Brother Ernie? The truth be told, we're all imperfect people. And that's why we really need to understand the love that God has towards us. If we can stick together and go through the trials and the tribulations and the things that we have as people, why not stick to God even closer? 
Because the truth of the matter is this, is without God, we wouldn't have made it through anything. You would have gave up, I would have gave up, we'd all gave up and gone home. But because of God's love towards us, we have the ability and the strength to continue on doing the things that we do. For God so loved the world, that's, that's a lost world, by the way, church, not just a saved world. God realized our need of salvation, and we ought to realize our need of salvation as well. And understand this, that God so loved the world he gave. That word gave means that he willingly done it. It wasn't forced from him. It was something that he decided that needed to be done. And a matter of fact, the Bible does tell us that before the foundations of the world was, Christ had already been ordained to die for you and I. Before God created us, he knew that we would be imperfect and that we would sin and that we would need a Savior. And God knew that in that, that he would send his son, Jesus, to come and die for us. And by the way, it was not a surprise to Christ either. He knew that he would come and that he would die on Calvary's cross. And the Holy Ghost also knew that he would come and he would dwell within the hearts of men and women who would accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and make God their Father. you got to go back to the book of Genesis and read where he says, Let us make men in our image. Let us means that they were there in the beginning. Before you and I were, they were. So we read that and we understand this. Now we add to that this morning out of the book of John, the 15th chapter. You go over there, start right in the 11th verse. And I've got my iPad up this morning, not because I can't use my Bible, because it's easier to look this far than it is to look that far. All right? But John chapter 15, verse 11. And I'll hold this up a little closer because I know you may not be able to hear me. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. You realize that God loves us so much that he wants us to have joy. There are a lot of, what I would say this, pickled-faced Christians. You've heard that expression before. I'm not the first one to say it, but they have no joy in their life. The reason they have no joy is they've forgotten the love of God. They've forgotten what God has done for them, what Christ did for them. That the presence of the Holy Ghost is not in your life to condemn you for every time you mess up, but rather to encourage you and to help you. Yeah, he's going to reprove you of your sins. The Bible says so. But in that reproving illustrates the love of God toward us. For that God said, whom he does chasten in the Greek, he does love. I mean, so we're getting the blessing there of understanding God's discipline is actually God's love. And for you and I this morning, we need to know the love of God in our life. We're going through some times that we really don't understand in some aspects, but we knew they were coming. And when they're here, we get mad about them and we get upset about them and we think we can change them. But the truth of the matter is this, we will not change the times unless we change the hearts. And only God can change hearts. So we set our minds to the things of God to help God or to help illustrate the love of God toward people so that their hearts will change toward God. Christians, listen to me. Your attitude towards God is the attitude the world will have towards God. And by the way, they've already got a bad attitude and they don't need us to help them in that. So we ought to have an attitude of joy. These things have I spoken unto you that you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now look at this. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are, ye are, my friends. You understand that the disciples following Jesus, having him right there in their presence, understanding who he is, and yet Jesus has to explain to them that they're friends. Why? He just said it. 
Greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. So if God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, what did God want from you and I? A relationship. Think about it this way this morning. He wanted us not only to be considered as friends, but, but even gave us a greater honor that we would be the sons and daughters of God. And that he loved us so much, everything he did was for us. Not for himself, but for us. Do you realize God created the angels? And had God never allowed a choice, Lucifer, Satan, would have never fell. I mean, think about that. No choice. Lucifer can't fall. Satan can't fall. Satan can't choose to rebel against God. No choice. The Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve would have been there perfect and happy and, and nothing would have ever changed for them because there was no choice. God, God, But God gave a choice. And the first choice was made by Him towards us and that He loved us. If you go over to the book of John, no, never, never mind, we're in the right place here. Let me continue reading. I almost jumped ahead. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doth, but I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father have I made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Now, now think about that for just a second. He's considering us his friends. He's laying down his life for you and I. We're no longer servants, but friends. And then he says in verse 16, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that you should bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. For whatsoever you shall ask of my Father in my name, he may give it you. These things have I commanded you, that you love one another. His illustration of his love toward us should be our illustration one to another. But I, but I had to stop in verse 16, and I've read this before. I've talked about it before, but I want you to understand something. In God's love towards us, God said, you've not chosen me. I chose you. No man cometh to the Father but by the Son. And no man cometh unto the Father except he draw him. Church, listen to me. God loves you. Think about it for a second. How many of you like to be loved? Like Every so often, you like somebody to hug your neck and say they love you. And every day, God wakes you up and says, I love you. The greatest gift of love ever given was given by God himself, the creator of the universe, the master of our lives. If we allow him to direct us, he will do great and mighty things in our lives. First and foremost, salvation. Greater love hath no man than this. And yet God says, Christ says, you're his friend. I'm his friend. Because he laid down his life for you and I. God allowed him to do that. I know we say ordained, but, but I will say this. If God gave, that means God could have withheld. If God gave, that means God could have changed his mind. Brother Serlia, what would you have done if you saw a bunch of bullies picking on Christians? As a dad, are you going to step back and just let it happen and say, it's for the greater good? And yet that's what God did. You and I are bullies. We don't think of ourselves as bullies because we don't think we're bullying anybody around. And yet we bully God around. And we bully Jesus around. We even bully the Holy Ghost around. 
And we tell them what to do and how to do it. And if they don't do it, we get mad at them. But we never want God to be mad at us. Yet God started this love thing. It was God who chose you and me to love. It was God who gave his son for you and me. It was God who allowed us to bully Jesus around to the point of beating him and then killing him and rejoicing over his death as if it was some great victory. And it was. Except for it wasn't the victory of man killing man. It was the victory of Jesus dying for us in our stead for our sins because God loves us. Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, if you want to run there, we just got a couple more, we'll be done. Herein, verse 10, herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved or he loved us. And sent his son to be the perpetuation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. And we, excuse me, if we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And, the lo and his love is perfected in us. Hereby we know that we dwell in him. And he is in us. Because he has given us the spirit excuse me, his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God dwelleth in him and, in, and he in God. And we know and believe that the, that, excuse me, and we know and believe that the love that God hath loved to, hath to us, God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Here and here is our, excuse me, herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because he, as he is, so are we in this world. Now, now think about this. While we are here, we are in the love of God, and the love of God in us, and so being. We dwell in this world until the time fulfilled that God should take us out. But in that, we loving one another, illustrating the love of God. So again, I go back to the same question. Do we realize how important it is to understand God's love toward us? This lost and dying world's going to hell because nobody seems to care. And yet God cared so much that he sent Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, to be our sacrifice. And not just the sacrifice, but the perpetuation of our sins. He took the punishment of my sin and your sin upon him. I remember when I first came back here. I say came back when I first came. I don't remember how far into the ministry, how long we'd been here. And I had one Sunday morning, I asked all the deacons to come up, Brother Philip, Brother Gary. Um, I can see him just as clear as day right now. Brother Grady, but uh, he was the younger man. Uh, Brother Amos. I had a belt. I asked them to whoop me. I don't remember who I asked if they'd committed any sin that week or if they'd done anything wrong. And, and, and you know, and I asked Brother Gary and them to whoop me. And Brother Gary, he, he said he couldn't do it, and none of the other deacons could do it. And yet, this that we we displayed our, and I will say this carefully. We displayed our lack of respect and lack of love toward Jesus in that we beat him severely, crucified him on the cross. And he illustrated his love toward us and that he'd done it 
without opening his mouth, he took everything there was. And God illustrated his love toward us that he allowed this all to happen. And by the way, when it was all said and done, what we could not do here that Sunday morning, God did with Jesus on the cross, and people had no problem with it. And yet it was all done because of his love toward us. When I say God loves you, it's not just words, church. It's a reality that goes far beyond what we even can anticipate in our own minds or, or, or set up there. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says this, And you hath he quickened, who are dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who gave us the opportunity to change? God did. How do we have that opportunity to change? Jesus died for our sins. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, for, excuse me, with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding riches, excuse me, exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It don't happen any other way, church. And without the love of God, we are not who we are. We are not where we are. And we're not going to heaven. And accept you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. And understand this, accept that love and then also illustrate that love. Are you part of him? Because the Bible tells me plainly, his love toward me, accepting that, ought to be my way of illustrating my love towards you. And I understand this morning that we can't love as he loves because he's love. He, he, I mean, he's, he's it. But we ought to be striving to do so. The more you understand the love of God in your life, the greater ability you will have to love others. How many of you got somebody who's lost? You love them. Well, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And God's only asking you and I that we give two things, or three. First and foremost, ourselves. Secondly, we give his love. And it takes time to give that. Let me ask you a question which one of those three things are we running out of? Time. There'll be a lot of folks go to hell because they refuse the love of God. But I don't want any of them to go to hell because I refuse to show the love of God. And we started off with the same thing, church. Do we realize how much God loves us? It's unmeasurable. But yet, when we begin to understand it, we get it. Joy comes to our life, and joy is what we share the love of God with. Do you got joy in your life? Would you stand this morning?